Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good afternoon, everyone. It is Saturday, February the 26th, 2022. It is currently 12.44 p.m. Central Time, and let me welcome you to a brand new week of Bible study. Now, I know it's Saturday, so technically, we are still doing last week's Bible study exercise, but I thought I would go ahead and get an early start and kind of let you know where we're going to be going over the next few weeks. Actually, probably over the next few months, what we're going to be studying, what we're going to be doing. So welcome everyone to a brand new week of Bible study right here in the series that we call the Bible study exercise. Now, if for some reason you are brand new to the Bible study exercise, well, well, first of all, welcome. Thank you for tuning in. Let us um, let me explain as quickly as I can because I don't want to take too much time going back over things that most people are already familiar with. But we always know there are new listeners, so we want you to make sure that you are uh, you feel welcome and you know exactly what's going on. Bible study exercise, very simple. One week for one passage of scripture, and we dig into that passage of scripture. The Bible study exercise is specifically designed and this is very important, to move you from a passive listener to an active participant. The Bible Study Exercise podcast series is not designed for you just to sit there and listen to me going, well, he did a lot of good study. No, it's to get you to pick up a Bible, a notebook, some reference tools, and to dig into the text. That means some of the teaching I do, I actually lay down teaching. And then sometimes I teach in a way where I'm like, well, could it be this? Could it be this? Well, I'm not so sure because I'm trying to get you involved in the study. And then there are parts of the time where I just, I don't really teach you anything. I'm like, here is your assignment. Go and work on it, and then you can send me your assignment to newsif at yahoo.com, or you can participate in the discussion on the Discord channel, whichever works best uh, for you, all right? So that's really the way it's designed. It's to try to get people to actually study the Bible, to try to get Christians actually engaged in the study of the text versus just listening to someone else's study. Now, there's nothing wrong with listening to preaching and teaching, but it's so important to actually move you from that passive listener stage to an active participant stage. That's what we try to do, and that's what we're going to continue to do right here on this podcast with this series, The Bible Study Exercise. All right, now this week, well, we began a really a new, how would we call this? A new, a new study. I guess that's the best way to put it. Now, every week it's a new study, but in this sense, we're getting ready to begin a a whole new, what's going to be six sessions. And all of these sessions are going to go in a specific direction. But before, before I tell you about those six sections, and then I'm going to, sessions, I should say. And before I tell you about, actually, I'm going to tell you about 12 sessions is what I'm going to tell you about today. The next 12 sessions of Bible study all laid out. Now, if you're new, please understand that there is curriculum that supplements what we do here on the podcast. All you have to do is email me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com, and say, I would like access to the curriculum. And it's very simple. I send you a link. You sign up. It's absolutely free. We are very appreciative of those who do give and support the ministry so that we can make this curriculum free because it's free for you but it costs money, all right? So, uh, so we, we want to make the, uh, we want to give as many people access to it as possible. So 
email me. Just say you want the curriculum free. You're not going to get emails asking for money. You're not, nothing like that. You're just going to have access to the curriculum and then you can use it to supplement what you hear here on this, well, on this series of studies called the Bible study exercise. So are you ready? Okay. Now I, I, I could just right here start going, okay, here's going to be the next six sessions. Here's the scriptures we're going to look at. I could do that. I could say, well, here's the, and after that, there's going to be six more sessions and it's going to be on this passage of scripture and just kind of give you a basic overview. I'm going to save all of that till the end. I'm going to save all of that till the end. So that means you've got to listen to everything if you want to know where we're going to be headed. But this is what I want you to think about. Before we move forward, I want you to kind of think about the Christian life in light of, I guess we'll call them stages. I want you to think of the stages of the Christian life. I want you to think of the stages of Christian maturity or the stages of Christian development. If you've been a Christian for any length of time, like when I say a length of time, I should say this. If you've been a Christian for a number of years, hopefully you've begun to experience kind of how your Christian life develops, grows, and you're going to kind of see yourself working through different stages. When you're a brand new Christian, you are, you are in one of those stages, but you haven't been a Christian long enough to really understand this development. The longer you've been a Christian, you kind of see where you have been. You may see where you are, and you may even have an idea of where you are going, or at least where you need to be going. But I really want to lay this down as the foundation for what we're going to be talking about for the next six weeks. And I'm going to try to explain this in stages. I want you to write these stages down. Now, your assignment will be to find scriptures that would that would go along with these stages. I'm going to give you the stages, and I want you to think of scriptures going, well, that scriptures would fit that stage, and that scripture would fit that stage, because I want you to see that these are biblical concepts, all right? So let's start looking at the stages of the Christian life, all right? And I have four stages. Now, I understand when I give you the first one, some of you are going to say, well, that's not actually a stage of the Christian life. I understand that, but it's very important that I give you this first stage because it's so important to understand that stage and contrast in comparison with the other stages. Now, the first stage is the stage that we all have experienced, everyone has experienced, because it is the stage we are all born into. This is the stage that precedes really the beginning of the Christian life. I'm calling it one of the stages of the Christian life because everyone who is a Christian has gone through this stage. Everyone who is a Christian used to be this way, all right? And we will under, you'll understand this in just a minute, all right? So we all know, we should know, that the Bible is very, 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 very clear that we are born dead in our trespasses and sin that we are born with a depraved nature. We are totally depraved, dead in our trespasses and sins. And that is the stage we all have experienced because we were all born that way. And I want to characterize this first stage with these words. So the first stage that every Christian has experienced is this. We'll call this, we're going to reference this stage in the following words. Self-centered self-centered. 
worship of self, self-serving, and self-focused. The first stage of the Christian life is a is the stage of self domination. Well, not even, I don't want to say it that way because that gives the idea that you're actually dominating yourself. This is where, where self dominates you. Yourself is the dominating force. Self is the, the focus. Self is the purpose. Self is what you serve. Self is what you worship. Self is all you care about. You care about your own pleasure. You care about your own way. You care about your own will. You're self-centered, self-focused, worshiping of self, and you're self-serving. Self dominates everything in your life. Now, you may at times try to feel that you care about this person, you care about this person, but so many times, if we're honest in our depravity, we, we may say that we love someone, we may say we care for someone, but in many cases, that love and caring is still self-serving. We love and care for them because of what they give us, because of the feelings we get in loving them. In other words, there, there's still something about that it still demonstrates that self is running the show. The first stage, and I'm going to call it the first stage of the Christian life because it's something every Christian experiences. It is that, that stage where yourself dominates everything. Your desire, your purpose, your will, your focus, your worship, your service. It's all about you. That is depravity. I, I say it all the time. If you want a definition of sin, sin is the exaltation of the I, meaning sin is the exaltation of the self. It's the, it's the exaltation of you. It's the exaltation of I. It's the, it's the exaltation where we exalt ourselves above everything else and what we, and we look at everything in life through how it impacts me. Does it make me happy? Does it make me frustrated? And we constantly react to everything from that very self-centered perspective. That first stage is where you, you are dominated by the self. Everything is dominated by the self. But let me describe it again. Self-centered, worship of self, self-serving. This is your depravity. This is your depravity. And you can you can look up uh, just a few scriptures that talk about that we're all, well, you can talk about we're born, uh, we're we're all dead in our trespasses and sins. That's the natural man, trespasses and sin, that the natural man, the natural, the the natural man, the flesh, it goes against anything else other than being self-serving. That's what it cares about. That's what it seeks. So I want you to just see that this first stage is the, is the, you can call it the stage of depravity, but I want you to make sure you write down those words. Self-centered, worship of self, self-serving, self-focused. I know I'm, I'm repeating myself, but I'm trying to really get this point across. You have to see that that's where we all start. We all start with this self-centeredness, self-focused. It dominates us. The the self is what dominates everything about us. And that's where all of the issues and conflict and problems arise. And and look, it's what we've all experienced. That's the first stage. Now, conversion takes place. We are saved. 
God saves us. And in salvation, at the bare minimum, we begin to look to something outside of ourselves. We look to God. We look, we acknowledge our sinfulness. We, we look for him for salvation. We look to God. We're looking to something outside of ourselves. So we go from stage one, which is self-centered, worship of self, serving self, and stage two, and, and, and make sure we understand this. Once we, once we become a Christian, the rest of these stages were, were never perfect in these stages, and there's lots of problems, but the problem always is the self. You'll see how it shows up. You'll see. So stage two, we move from a self-centered worshiping of self, self-focused, self-serving to what we strive to be now is Christ-centered, worshiping of Christ, worshiping of God, Christ-serving and God-focused. In other words, we move from a self-focused perspective. We, we move from a position where we are dominated by the self to now we move into a stage where our focus stops being ourself and we hopefully start caring about God's word. We want to learn about God. We want to learn about doctrine. We want to learn about theology. And we, we're just, we're trying to understand everything about God. Now, sometimes, this, obviously, not just sometimes, many times, self is still there. So what can happen is we begin to view God, and this is very important because it shows up over and over. We see God, but we sometimes see God as a means to an end. Okay, I, I see God, but God is there to keep me out of hell. God is there to, to, to make all things work together for my good. God is there to make things better for me. God's going to fix this, and God is going to fix this. And he's going to take care of this, and he's going to make me feel peace, and he's going to give me comfort. We, sometimes initially, as we're trying to work through that first stage into the second stage, we still can have a lot of self showing up. So we, we, we almost start using, seeing God as a way to, well, better self. And we have to fight against that. But at least to some level, when we become a Christian, we're now focused, hopefully we're centering our life on Christ. Hopefully we're worshiping him and we stop worshiping self. Hopefully we're serving him and not serving ourselves. Hopefully we're focused on him and not focused on ourselves. Now self will still come in there and corrupt it, because sometimes we're worshiping him, but we're worshiping him because we think it will benefit us. We're serving him because we'll think it will benefit us. In other words, we start this very, we start worshiping God, but there's still, we're battling self. We're still fighting against self. So the first stage is depravity and it's a self. It's, we are dominated by self. We're self-centered. We worship self, self-serving, self-focused. The next stage we begin to turn our eyes from self to God. We've become God-centered, Christ-centered. We begin to worship him and not worship ourselves, and we begin to serve him and not serve ourselves. We begin to be focused on him. That's stage number two, right? So we go, think of it this way. We go from a self-focused or a self-centered stage, a depraved stage, to we now move, now we're, we experience conversion. We're born again, and the second stage, we begin to adopt a Christ-centered, Christ-focused, Christ-worshiping, God-focused, God-serving, God-worshiping perspective. We go from self 
to God. It's all about us. Now, hopefully we realize it's all about God. Now we still struggle. Self will still be there. Even trying to make you turn your, your service to God and a self-exalting thing, right? It's all about, we still try to sometimes make even Christianity and salvation about us. Those are the first two stages, all right? That can be, that can be very early on in the Christian life. That's very early, very early, you know, you've experienced conversion and this is some of your early experiences in your Christian life. But at some point, you have to transition to a third stage. And the reason the third stage is so important is because in that second stage, self can still be there trying to exalt itself and and it can still be trying to dominate everything. Even though you may try to, you, you now adopt a Christian lingo, a Christian language, you know, to say the right words. Sometimes though, it's still about you. It's still about you. It's still, even though you're trying to focus on God, sometimes you see God simply as a means to an end. So we've got to move through that second stage. And the third stage is where we begin the never ending struggle because we're going to struggle this all the way to the point of, of glorification. We now move to denying self, dying to self and stop following self or stop focusing on self. Now you said, but wait a minute, if I'm Christ-centered and I'm worshiping Christ and I'm Christ-serving, should I have already denied myself and died to self? Well, in theory, you can say that, but it doesn't, we all know, look, if you've been saved for five minutes, you realize really quick, you became a Christian and guess what was still constantly struggling? Self, self, self. We see it all the time. Why do Christians split? Why do, why do churches split? Why do Christians fight and argue? Why is there so much divorce within Christianity? Why is there so many problems? Because self is still there trying to dominate everything. So it's not like you magically become a Christian and boom, self is just gone. No, what you typically do is you now try to focus on the things of God, but sometimes self will still be involved in that. So Christianity in many cases becomes something about serving self Exalt, you'll still try to turn Christianity in a way to exalt yourself. I think, I think people who've been a Christian for a long time will understand exactly what I'm saying. Younger Christians will be like, absolutely not. I've got it all figured out. I've got it all. Okay. And the minute you start saying, I, 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 yeah, you're going to demonstrate that self is still very much there. You'll see this in spiritual pride, self-righteousness. You'll see this in being so self-serving, judgmental, condemn everyone. You'll, you'll, it, it will, it will manifest itself. It'll just use the language that I'm doing this for God, but you're doing it for God. But for some weird reason, you keep exalting yourself, right? So at some point you got to move into this third stage where you begin to realize, man, I'm trying to be focused on God. I'm trying to worship him. I'm trying to serve him. I'm really trying to turn my eyes towards heaven, but self is still so much present. And then you start going, okay, I've got to work on self-denial. I've got to deny self. I've got to die to self. I've got to stop following self. And now you enter into a battle where you're in it trying to mortify the flesh. You, 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 you become, I think in the third stage, you become painfully aware of the presence of self still in your life. 
You begin to see the power of it. You become painfully aware of it. You realize it's there. Sometimes you don't realize it's there until something big happens, to something tragic happens. Sometimes you have to be, you know, you have to find yourself denying Jesus three times and then realizing what you have done and going out and weeping. Sometimes you have to wake up and realize you're lying in the pig's pig pen, eating the leftovers of the pig's food. And then all of a sudden you realize, what have I done? What self is, is still very much present. Sometimes it requires something to hit you to realize, man, I've wrapped myself in a robe of self-righteousness, but self is very much present. So let's go through these stages again. The first stage is all about self, self-centered, self-worshipped, self, self, pleasing, self-focused. It's self, self, self. It's this, it's the depraved stage. It's depravity, right? And it's the stage every Christian experiences because it's the, it's the experience of every human being. We're all born dead in our trespasses and sins. Conversion takes place. This moves us to the second stage. Now we try to, now we turn our eyes from self to God. I mean, we have to look to Christ. I mean, obviously this is just the very essence of of salvation. I'm looking to Christ and him crucified. I'm looking to him to save me. I'm looking for forgiveness. I'm looking to God. So in this stage, we try to become Christ-centered, worshiping of Christ and Christ-serving and Christ-focused. But self will still be there and it will manifest itself. We just try to disguise it in religious language. This leads us hopefully to the third stage. At some point, we realize self is still present. We Then we begin to fight it, and we begin to try to deny self, die to self, and stop following self. And then we finish that third stage. And when I say finish it, we, we reach the point where now we can transition into the fourth stage. We're never going to be there perfectly. Please understand this. You're never going to truly deny yourself completely, die to self, you're never going to stop following yourself in some way, shape, or form. But you you begin to kind of like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm gaining, I'm, I'm making a little, you know, momentum here. I'm beginning to, I understand the power of self. I'm denying it. I'm trying to die to self. I'm not, no longer trying to follow self. And at some point in your Christian life, the light needs to come on. And you realize, man, All of this, I've made, all three stages has been either self-completely dominating everything or me self kind of still trying to be present when I'm trying to wrap it up in theological and Christian language. Or I realize how bad self was there and I've been fighting it and fighting it. But all three stages, self becomes the issue. It's about self, 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 self in some way, shape or form. The fourth stage is where all of a sudden you realize, wait a minute, I need to move from a preoccupation with self, fighting it, thinking about it, trying to ensure that it's not camouflaging itself in religious, you know, in in a self-righteous language. You move to this fourth stage, and the fourth stage is others-centered You're now centering your focus on other people, not yourself. You're now serving others. You're now focused on others. You're not no longer looking at yourself. You you just all of them, in a sense, in a roundabout way, you kind of turn from all of this self 
focus and you're like, I'm going to focus on others. I'm going to serve others. I'm going to be centered on other people and I'm going to look to, to them, not just to myself. In a sense, I'm going to place them before me. Now, that's a, that's a hard stage to get to. That's a hard stage to get to. It's where all of a sudden now other people matter. All of a sudden, serving other people matter. Their needs, their concerns, their hurts. How your actions impact other people negatively. What can you do to help them, to minister to them? Now you're focusing on ministering to them, helping them, discipling them, not hurting them, not being a stumbling block to them, forgiving, turning the other cheek, loving them. It becomes a complete it's a what? It's a complete opposite of where you start, which is self-dominating everything. Now, really, an other person mentality begins to dominate everything. And I think a lot of times, very few Christians reach that stage four. They may be trying to be Christ-centered and worshiping of Christ and serving Christ. They may be in that battle against self, but I don't think we ever come get to that point where we just become so focused on others. Those are the four stages. I want you to think about those four stages and think about those four stages. Talk about those four stages, flesh them out. And I want you to find scriptures for those stages. And some of those are easy to find. I mean, some of those, I don't, I don't, I think, I don't think you need my help, but I, I'll, I want you to work on it. I want you to work on it. And now why are we looking at these four stages? Why are you starting a new week of Bible study with giving me four stages? Why? Here is the reason why. Listen carefully. This next six weeks is described this way in the curriculum. Serve God and others. Okay, now there's God-focused and others-focused. Okay, now listen to how it reads. When we remain connected to Christ, letting him work in us and through us, he leads us to lives of service. Through the love and through the love and humility, he instills in us, we no longer live for ourselves, but we seek to serve those God has placed before us. Listen again. Through his, through the love and humility, he instills in us We no longer live for ourselves, but we seek to serve those God has placed before us. That's the fourth stage. The first stage is depravity. It is self. The second stage is where we turn our eyes from self to God. And it's supposed to be a a, a stage where we're God focused and God is the center. The third stage is where we begin to battle self and deny self and we try to fight self. And the fourth stage is where now our focus and our energy is on other people. We're looking to their needs. We're serving them. Now, which stage are you in? I think most of the time we spend a good portion of our time in the second stage. We, 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 yes, we've been saved. Yes, we're trying to be God-focused. We're trying to be God-centered. 
We're trying to worship him, but, but self is still there. In many cases, self, we just wrap it up in a, in a robe of self-righteousness and it's there and we become arrogant and judgmental and condemning and we point the finger at everyone else. So, so even though we're trying to be God-focused, God almost becomes a means so that we can still exalt self and feel better about self and, and look down on everyone else and condemn everyone else. Some ha- will spend a, lot, a large portion of their Christian life in that third stage where they realize, man, I've been a Christian for 10 years and I cannot believe how much self is still present. And you begin to fight it and deny it and, and push against it and, and you fight and fight and fight and fight. I think, that, I think most of us are somewhere between two and three. Rarely do we reach that point where for some weird reason, we're just able to finally go, you know what? I'm going to focus on serving others. I'm going to stop focusing on me. And we become a more self, listen, a others-centered, others-focused, serving others kind of Christian. Well, the curriculum for the next six weeks, again, let me describe it again. This is the way it's written in the curriculum. Again, if you want access to the curriculum, all you have to do is email me, newsif at yahoo.com. It's absolutely free. This, this is how they, they set up this entire, the next six weeks. When we remain connected to Christ, letting him work in us and through us, he leads us to, to lives of service. Through the love and humility he instills in us, we no longer live for ourselves, but we seek to serve those God has placed before us. Oh, someone just asked an important question. Is it possible to do step four to glorify self out? Very much so, very much so. So, okay, great, great point. I'm, I'm glad Will brought this up. In every stage, stage two, stage three, stage four, all, constantly we will be battling self, still trying to be the reason we're doing it, the focus we're doing it. We can serve others in order to glorify self. We can serve others hoping that we'll get something from it. So self will always be there. I'm just trying to set stage four is hopefully... We reach stage four, hopefully, because stage three is the denying and dying of self. That's why I put that before four. Hopefully, in stage three, we've done enough dying to self, denying self, that when we get to stage four, we can truly be others-focused. Now, obviously, this none of these stages were ever going to be perfect in any of them. So hopefully everyone understands that. We're, we're always going to be sinners. That's why our salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, because of Christ alone, because of his imputed righteousness, because we would always end up condemned. But yeah, I think in stage four, self can still manifest itself. Hopefully stage three, I think that's why we spend most of our life in stage two and three, because we're constantly fighting, 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 fighting. And of course, in, in, any, in a roundabout way, we can be in all of these stages at any given time. I think there's a lot of fluctuation and moving, but I'm just trying to describe it from a logical progression that hopefully when we get to four, hopefully when, when we finally get there, there is a real true sense of serving others and looking to other people, right? Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. That is where the focus is for the next six weeks. Here's how they're going to do this. I'm going to give you the name of each session. Session one, a life of humble service. Session two, a life of loyalty. Session three, a life of trust. Session four, a life of love. Session five, a life of persecution. Session six, a life of victory. 
And the first one starts off with a life of humble service. And the text that the curriculum gives is John chapter 13, verse 3 to 10, and then 14 through 16. I am not following their direction. We're going to go John chapter 13, verse 1, down to verse 16, because I want us to have the fuller context. All right? So let's just do this really quick. Go to John chapter 13. John chapter 13. John chapter 13, verse 1. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. So here's Jesus reaching the end of his earthly ministry where he's going to suffer and die and the focus is on those whom he has loved. Verse two, supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, uh, Simon's son to betray him. So all of this is coming together. Jesus knows his end is getting near. Judas is his it's entered into his heart to betray him. He knows he's going to be betrayed. He knows everything is going to happen, but his focus is still on loving them. And then this amazing scene takes place. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he was come from God and went to God, he riseth from supper, laid aside his garments took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poureth water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter saith unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shall know hereafter. Peter saith unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part of me. Summon Peter saith unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus saith to him, He that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit, and you are clean, but not all. Verse 11, For he knew who should betray him, therefore he said, You are not all clean. So after he had washed their feet, and had taken his garment, he was set down again and said unto them, Know ye what I have done to you. You call me master and Lord, and you say well, for so I am. I then, your Lord and master, have washed your feet. Ye also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither uh, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If you know these things, happy are ye if you do them. That is the first text that we're going to be looking at, and that's the text for next week. There is so much there. How we're even going to come close to covering everything in a week is beyond my comprehension. (laughs) I don't know. But immediately we should at least be, there's a lot there to take apart, but immediately you should just be slapped in the face with, boom, there is the eternal son of God, true God 
kneeling down and washing the feet of sinful, undeserving human beings. That is a sign of humility. That is a sign of service. That is a sign of serving others. That's what we, the stage we need to get to because we spend so much time either, you know, wrapping up ourselves in spirituality, you know, cl- you know, covering it up in a robe of self-righteousness so that we can look good or almost looking to God so what we can get out of it. Then we spend a lot of time fighting and fighting with self and trying to deny self and fighting and fighting and fighting and, and you know, presenting myself as a living sacrifice and fight, 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 that sometimes we never truly get to that point where it's about other people. It's about serving God and serving other people. It's about ministering to other people. The whole, the whole, think about it. The whole reason you go to church is to be equipped so that you will minister to other people. Who did you minister to? Who are you serving? Who, who have you been focused on? Because we, it's so much, every, even within the church, it's so much about us, 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 us. That's the stage we need to get to. So I know those four stages are not perfect, but I'm trying to give you somewhat of a logical progression. And I, and I, and I, and I, I wrote these out thinking about my own Christian life. All right. And so I'm going to go back to the stages for just a second, because I think this is so important. Clearly, I understand and remember my depravity, okay? I definitely remember that, okay? I definitely remember how bad I was before my conversion, okay? I, I, I'm, I'm nowhere close to what I should be, but I am different than what I was, okay? I can at least say that, okay? I can, I, I, I can at least say that. I, I put it this way. I'm, I'm not what I was. This is very important. In certain ways, but in other ways, there's a, a part of me that's just the same because the depravity still remains. So, so just understand that the depravity always remains in every stage. That's so critical that we, we have to understand. The depravity never leaves us until we are in glorification. But when I was just, all I cared about was self and, and God was not even in the picture. Well, there, in other words, that self-focus clearly was the dominating factor. Then I can remember becoming a Christian. And yes, I wanted to focus on the things of God. Yes, I wanted to learn scripture and I wanted to listen to sermons and it was God, God, God. But I, I began to realize that in a roundabout way, it took a long time to realize this, that I was using a lot of the things about God and learning scripture and a lot of that. It was still, in some cases, it was there to kind of still exalt self, give me an identity, give me a purpose, make it about me. And so slowly but surely, then it kind of became a source of pride and a source of arrogance. And then I, I was condemning and pointing my fingers at other people and being judgmental and being arrogant. And now I was being prideful in how much spiritual knowledge that I had gained. And then, and then, but I would still try to wrap it up in spiritual language. So in some cases, self was, even though I de- definitely was more God focused than I had ever been prior to my conversion. Obviously, I was more reading scripture, listening to sermons, but so much of it was in order that it became my identity. It became about me. And so I, I, I definitely know that stage. And then I know that once I realized it took a long time maybe to realize how much self was still operating in me and was still dominating me and how much I was doing for self, even in the name of God, how much I was still trying to exalt self, even in the service of God, then, I, you know, you almost kind of wake up and realize, man, self is still there. So then it was a lot of trying to deny self and fight self, deny, deny self and fight self. 
And I'm still trying to deny self and fight self and, and no longer serve self and no longer follow self. I'm still doing that. Where I think I, I think I spend very little time in any meaningful way is in stage four, where I'm really focused on everyone else. And so I, I think that I'm not saying every one of these studies are going to go that direction, but I think these, that the, the, at least the first session is going to get us there, or at least the first session. Each session, we may have a different focus, but that first session, a life of humble service is what it's called, session one, John 13, one through 16, that story definitely is a slap in the face. If the eternal son of God can kneel down and wash dirty feet of sinful men who are undeserving, what am I doing? He takes a position of of a servant. He takes on the position of almost a slave. Humility, but serves. Now, some people, you know, will will say, well, you know, once a year we need to have, you know, a, a do a, basically a, a service where some men of the church washes the feet of other men. I, I don't think this is trying to establish some ceremony where we can all feel self-righteous for five minutes. This is a trying to demonstrate a mentality that's to dominate our lives Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Dominates everything. I mean, can you imagine a Christianity where everyone is humbly trying to serve other people, that they're so focused on others, that they're serving others. They're not focused on their rights, their wants, their desires. They're focused on everyone else. How can I serve them? How can I serve them? How can I serve them? Well, we all know, we're all, we, we all have a tendency, what, what's in it for me? What's in it for me? We've got to move to that fourth stage. And the fourth stage, we can't even get close until the third stage. And I don't think we ever get to the third stage until, in some ways, until we find ourselves really, you know, waking up in the pig pen. Wake, waking up after we've denied Jesus three times. Sometimes it requires something to really wake us up to realize how present self is still in us. We may know it the- theologically. We may be able to read the London Baptist Confession of Faith or the Westminster Confession of Faith, which tells us that our depravity remains in us even after regeneration and that we can fall into sin, into even very grievous sin. We may know that theologically, but we don't sometimes understand that practically, and we almost deny it practically. So that's session one, a life of humble service, John 13, 1 through 16. Just start reading John 13, 1 through 16. This is what you need to do uh, for this coming week. John 13, 1 through 16. John 13, 1 through 16. I want you to think of those stages, meditate on those stages, find scriptures that fit each stage, right? I I don't think that will be very hard. And I just want you to, uh, I just want you to try to honestly, and this is something you don't have to write down or send to me, but I just want you to just honestly ask yourself, how focused are you on serving others? How aware are are you of others and serving them and and, and doing what you can to minister to them. Now, the next couple of weeks, I'll just go ahead and give you, here's what's going to happen. Session two, a life of loyalty will be John 13, 21 
I'm going to go all the way down to 35. John 13, 21 through 25. John 13, uh, starting in verse 21. All right. John 13, verse 21. All right. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm just looking at it. Okay. Yeah, there's, I, I, I don't know which direction they're going to go with that. I've, I've got my own thoughts there. So John 13, 21 to 35. The session three it will be a life of trust. John 13, 36 to chapter 14, verse six. John chapter 13, verse 36 to chapter 14, verse six. Then a life of love, John chapter 15, verses nine through 17. Then a life of persecution, John chapter 15, verse 18 to 25. Then chapter 16, verses one through four. Then we'll be in session six, a life of victory, John chapter 16, verse 19 to verse 33. I'm just gonna, they break it up. Now, after we finish those six it, they call it living life connected to Christ is what they call it. We're just going to look at all six. We're going to be in the gospel of John. That's how I'm going to look at it. And we're just going to see where this takes us and what we look at it. But these stages at least are critical to the first lesson. At least to the first lesson. We'll see if those stages come into play with the remaining lessons. But I think these four stages are very, very, very critical, at least for this first lesson, right? First session. Now, after we finish those six sessions, we may have one week where we may have a, a break, like we are going to have a, a kind of a, a possible free week. And I don't know what we're going to do. We may, can, we may, I don't know what we're going to do in that free week. We're, we're going to have possibly one week that's free. Then when we start back up using the curriculum, we're going to have six sessions. Oh boy. And these six sessions are all going to be in Matthew 24. Oh my, oh my goodness. That's going to be crazy. Matthew 24, we're going to go from verse, we're going to go for all the way from Matthew 24, verse one, all the way to chapter 25, verse 13. And this is going to have so many issues related to eschatology, biblical prophecy. How do we understand the, the, what's being said in Matthew 24? What's applicable to 70 AD? What points to a future time? How do we understand that future time? What are the different views? How do we understand the preterist view and the way they interpret Matthew 24 versus other views? We're going to consider the views, consider how this has been worked out in church history. That's just going to be that we may, one of the things we may do is that that extra week that we're going to possibly have in the middle, we may use that extra week to get a good start on Matthew 24, because that's just going to require a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of work. But hopefully you will participate. And here's here. I want to make sure you see how this has worked. We have six weeks. They're going to be very practical application, practical application about getting you to a stage in your Christian life where you stop being so self-focused and you're focused on other people, right? That's at least one of the goals we're going to try to have. Then once we're done with those six weeks of something very practical, then the next six weeks is going to be theological, doctrinal, controversial, hermeneutical. It's going to be Bible. Inter- it's going to be all of that kind of thing. And the reason we do that is we want balance. You want balance there. 
right? So it, it, we're going to be doing a lot of work here and uh, uh, just I hope that you are willing to participate. So consider the four stages. Put scripture for each stage. I think that's simple. Start reading John 13, 1 through 16. Just read it, read it, read it, read it, and read it, and read it. I, I really want you to, to consider where, what stage you think you're in, especially when it comes to serving other people. All right. I hope that's everything. All right. That, that took 47 minutes to kind of just do an introduction. But I wanted to get the introduction out of the way today so that if for some reason I cannot get to it tomorrow, um, yeah, if I cannot get to it tomorrow, then, uh, well, you're already, you're already set. You're already ready to go. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm already thinking John 13. I mean, John 13, wow, that, that chapter, wow, there is so much there. There's so much there. And I, I, I know we're definitely going to spend, uh, we're going to spend at least one session, one, one of our Bible study exercise episodes, really looking at, uh, I think, a very important thing in John chapter 13. You may already know it. You may already be thinking about it. If you're not, then hopefully you'll find it to be very important and very helpful. So there you have it. Welcome to a new week of Bible study. The goal is tomorrow at Victory Baptist Church to finish this week's Bible study with going back and discussing and trying to wrap up our our discussions about forgiveness, right? And how our lack of forgiving others, how it manifests itself. Uh, We've already looked at two ways. There's one other way, but we're gonna go back in that and we're gonna, we're just gonna, just try to have a lot of concluding thoughts tomorrow. Tomorrow is going to be a weird day at Victory Baptist Church because we basically, I don't only have really one major point left to, to finish up the forgiveness thing, really. And we only have really one thing left to finish up our looking at the order of God's decrees. Right? We've looked at superlapsarianism and infralapsarianism. Uh, well, we, we made it to superlapsarianism lapsarianism. Tomorrow, I think all we have left is infralapsarianism. So we really just got like, I was looking at it and I was like, oh, this is going to be a weird, like, I don't really, I only have like one thing left for both sermon. This is one of those situations where the sermon should have ended last week, but I, I just have this little bit. So it's going to be kind of an interesting day. Hopefully it will be uh, beneficial uh, to everyone. I'm, a, I'm very worried about how that's going to work out tomorrow, but we'll make it work. But in the meantime, there you have it. Don't don't just immediately forget this week's study on forgiveness because that that whew, that's some that was some heavy stuff that we looked at. So don't forget that. But then get ready to start working on John chapter thirteen, verses one through sixteen, and these four stages of the Christian life. All right. All right. If you need any help, any questions, you want to participate in this week's Bible study exercise, just email me newsif at yahoo.com. I can get you the link to the curriculum. We'll be placing a Bible verse on the Bible memory app, probably something in John chapter 13. Uh, That will probably be where this uh, Bible memory verse comes from, uh, but we will see. All right. Thanks for listening. Everyone have a great day. God bless.